0: White
1: flagger.
0: Blaney goes to
1: block. out
0: flag. That's a Awesome time, man. Awesome time. It's nice to close out a
1: race like that. That was awesome.
0: This is the Team Blaney podcast.
1: Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of the Team Blaney podcast. My name is Adam Rogers, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades, and Team Blaney itself has been providing news, notes, and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the GEICO 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. Steve, welcome back for another episode of the podcast, fresh off that trip to Talladega, Alabama. One of our favorite racetracks to see a race, one of Ryan Blaney's best racetracks, considering he has uh, two victories there and um, a lot of momentum this season. So far, great run at Daytona, almost a win there. We thought that there's a chance he'd be able to go down to Talladega and get win number three there. Ran up front at points during the race, the race itself. I don't know. I mentioned to you before we started recording that um, maybe I wish it was a little bit shorter. I'm not sure what it was, but racing overall got, got intense at parts. Tense at stage breaks long green flag run something you don't always see at super speedway so i think overall pretty decent weekend
0: yeah you um you know the third stage there led uh what was it 23 laps and uh you know it was it was really great uh, at my house uh, you know he's leading and he's leading and he's leading and the, and the wife just yells at the tv okay rain <laughs>
1: <laughs> not this week crystal clear not skies and, and hot yeah
0: yeah. So. so, you know, there was 0% chance of rain, but, uh, it was worth a shot. You never know. Yeah. You know.
1: It is amazing though, that we can pretty much guarantee that at any of these super speedway tracks, there's going to be a portion, whether it's the last lap, as we've seen at least three times in Ryan's career. Uh, but normally at some point in the race for, you know, 10, 15, in this case 20 plus laps, Ryan eventually works his way up to the front and just leads the leads the pack. And it's, it's always mm-hmm. fun to see.
0: Yeah, they did um, some great strategy calls during this race, as we'll we'll see here during the report, and uh, got the track position they needed, and, uh, you know, except for a couple little things that happened at the end of the race, you know, 11th is okay, um, but uh, there was definitely a chance with five to go that uh, it could have been a lot better.
1: And then one other cool thing this weekend just worth mentioning was, um, because initially I thought this was kind of a gimmick, but Jeffrey Earnhardt in the number three car, In the Xfinity race um, paired with Larry Mack again, like I said, it felt kind of gimmicky, but Larry Mack took things seriously. They go down there, sit on the pole, and uh, Jeffrey lived up to the Earnhardt name on that on the last restart there with the moves that he made through the pack and uh, finished second. So that was that was kind of impressive to see.
0: Yeah. The, you know what those you're right. The last couple laps, um, I, I don't know where he, he probably started like sixth or seventh. He was back a yep. little ways and he carved his way up through there. Um, it was kind of impressive. He did look like, uh, like his, you know, his uncle and, you know, his dad, his grandfather. And you know, he, he made some moves that, uh, definitely were Earnhardt moves. And, uh, it was like, uh, he saw some things there and some holes and opportunities and he got in them and, uh, yeah, another lap or two, who knows what would happen. Yeah,
1: it it was very, very cool to see and always exciting racing at Talladega. So why don't we go ahead and jump right into that recap of Ryan's run this past weekend at the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway.
0: All right. Uh, So let's start with qualifying on uh, Saturday because they did no practice. And truthfully, they could at Super Speedways, just at Super Speedways, they can throw qualifying just out the window because it really doesn't matter where you start um he ended up qualifying 22nd Christopher Bell got the pole but qualifying isn't important on super speedways unless they're more than enough guys and they have to bump somebody out um they could draw them all out of a hat it wouldn't matter who starts where because by lap two or three it's all shuffled it was Um,
1: really really odd this this because I know going into the Daytona 500 that's prestigious to sit on the pole there plus you're guaranteed a front row starting spot if you qualify first and second so i can see where guys want to trim their cars out uh, normally the hendrick motorsports teams are known for trimming the cars out almost to the point where they're so loose that they crash or spin out during the races it almost seemed like this week going into talladega with this brand new car they have some experience uh, on at daytona limited experience i don't know it was really weird i don't I didn't hear anybody talk about Atlanta at all this week, having to do with the, running the super speedway package as much as people talked about Daytona going into Atlanta, but it seemed like throughout the field, everyone was like, Oh, we're focusing on uh, we're focusing on handling this week. That's why, you know, we, we did not really worry about qualifying. We don't have any practice. We just want to make sure we have a good handling car that can take that can receive and make, you know, pushes in the pack and without spinning out. So everybody kind of did that the Fords, So I think what the best Ford started 13th with Lugano. So everyone was kind of back in the pack and, um, but we're used to seeing it and we're used to seeing Ryan make his way up through regardless, wherever he starts in these super speedway races.
0: Yeah. Like four or five of the Fords were all right around Ryan. So yeah, they, they were all just, they, they put in the same thing into the car basically. So the speed wise, they were all, you know, and like I said, it, it comes down to handling in the draft. So they really didn't have to do qualifying. And, you know, if they want to not do the not do qualifying at Daytona later this year and out, and Talladega, uh, they'd be fine. They'd be fine with that.
1: One other fun thing that happened uh, pre-race or at least on Saturday uh, was the inspection process. And uh, there's a lot of Mary Poppins jokes and various other things happening. If you follow any of the NASCAR media folks showing these, because again, we mentioned that this is one of the first weekends where it was pretty hot. Um, Not very overcast or anything sun beating down on these cars and the tolerances when you're going through the Hawkeye inspection process aren't very big on these cars and um, they so teams were busting out umbrellas to cover up the windows on the cars so that way there wasn't any like expansion contraction with the heat. So that way they could make it through inspection. It was kind of really funny to see these, these images on social media. And I think people, there's a lot of people, you know, you know, hitting up Bob Pachris uh, for questions on what the heck that they were doing with the umbrellas.
0: Yeah. You know, somebody had a great idea. Why don't they get one of those longer tents? The, uh, like, uh, was it 20 by ten or something like that, and just put them on wheels and, and just walk with it yep walk with it right <laughs> over the car you know somebody pushed the car, somebody pulled push the tent over the car the whole time because if it makes that big a difference and obviously it did, yeah, because a lot of them failed the first time through, and then they, you know they made this uh you know everybody got their umbrellas out before they went through the second time, and it it definitely made a difference so yeah, why don't they just do something like that you know.
1: I can see that because it's so crazy in this sport, especially on a track like this, that like one, I don't even know, 10th of a millimeter, I'm making up numbers, but it means so much in either direction when it comes to the way the body's on the car that um, just to get, tiny bit more speed than your competitor is so important so anyway I'll stop taking <laughs> taking up your time here with all these kind of quirky oh, things that happened right. this weekend and uh, like you said i don't know I'm, I'm on the pro qualifying side regardless i just like watching it on tv so but i wouldn't be sad if it went away at talladega but
0: yeah super speedways is just a whole different thing that's that's the problem it's not you know two laps and momentum and so on and so forth that some of these other places is a big deal but at the super speedway um who was it? It was Boris said that said that uh, they could put a monkey in the car for qualifying at a super speedway, you know, because he's just going to point the car, hit the accelerator and just make sure that they, they run a good line. So. So anyway, uh, 60, 120, 188 laps are, our, you know, uh, stages and the uh, fuel runs about 40 to 42 laps, um, you know, it's, it's so they start off and I Don't do a lot of passes this or he passes that because, you know, super speedway racing, it changes every 10, 15 seconds. This line moves that line moves. Um, but the 99 by lap three, the 99 actually takes the lead. And Ryan is, like I said, stuck back there in 22nd, um, uh by lap 8 um top of 3 i hear top of 3 a lot and top of 4 a couple different times uh Talladega is definitely a wider track than Daytona so this is not as uh, crazy a thing or as dangerous a thing as it might be at Daytona or now the new new Atlanta because uh there's more room there to make these kind of moves uh the only problem with it is is that three lanes with this new car three lanes did not seem to work at all either so um Ryan gets lined up actually behind the 22 car at this point to, for pushing. So like I said, a couple of Fords are already hooking up together. Um, and lap 11, uh, still top of three, but up to 17th. So like I said, this third lane is starting to move a little bit, but uh, uh, but lap 19, Ryan goes to the low lane. He finally had enough of that. And uh, <laughs> Josh does tell him the high lane's not going anywhere. Uh, because the 42 and 43 are, are leading it and uh, there are certain guys that um, are getting better at speedway racing but there are certain guys that are a little shady out there too sometimes so uh, these guys do pay attention to who's leading certain lines and, and they're kind of careful of certain guys uh, when they are leading those lines because a
1: lot of the energy is built from the first two cars In a line too. So if
0: they're kind of separated up there,
1: like the line's probably not going to go anywhere. They really, that second car really has to be pushing hard, which, you know, can be dangerous at times. Mm -hmm. And I can understand, especially early in a race like this, why you're not going to want to do that. Um, and we'll see later on in a race where guys were trying to push as hard as they could on a restart that didn't work out so well. So, but yeah, as far as the momentum goes, I think it's just everybody really needs to be committed to make the three lines work. And it seems like, I don't know, we talked about it before we recorded. It just seems like people are a little bit timid this week and I wasn't really sure
0: why. Yeah. Um, lap 22 Ryan gives a little report there. He says it's a little bit tight so that they can make an adjustment uh, at the stage or the, whenever the caution comes. Uh, lap 24 josh says the first 11 have cleared on the bottom now with the 99 leading so once again like i said the, the bottom lane is the lane of choice during the day and uh they get uh lined up and you know get single file they kind of move move out there a lot further um ryan's actually back in 25th at, by lap 30 so he kind of gets stuck back there trying to trying to make something happen but um at lap 31, um, uh, the eighth car leaves the race here and he, uh, he lost a belt and this becomes a little bit of an issue because there's some other cars underneath that, uh, that engine program that to uh, have issues as the car, as the race goes along here. Um, they do some green flag pitting here, lap 33, they're going to pit and, um, they're in pit stall number seven, which, uh, I think the 18 was the car in front of them. So there are some different points in times where they kind of have to worry about you know, being short so they can get around the 18. Um, they just do rights and fuel. Uh, of course, the six car gets a penalty on this one. Uh, the next lap, the Toyotas come in and the lap after that, of course, the Chevys come in. So they do do pretty much by manufacturer the, the first cycle.
1: I did enjoy this. And we didn't mention about Dale Jr. being borrowed from NBC to, to do this telecast on Fox but both times, I think he called it out uh, when the sixth car was coming into pit road that he was speeding. And uh, both times was correct on that. So,
0: yeah, yeah, he, he buried it to the line and just didn't get it slowed down enough by the time he got to the line. So he was always uh, too fast entering uh, lap 38. The cars uh, all come back together um, and Ryan is in 17th at this point. And uh, he's in the low line and the five is leading that line at this point uh lap 46 the first seven are clear on the bottom and ryan is in that low lane um but uh, about five laps later both lanes equal out now we're getting near the end of the stage and that's part of it they get a little more racy as they get to the end of the stage trying to get the stage points um lap 52 is bottom of four now bottom of four is a little little more shaky um usually it's one guy that was on the outside or if they're passing uh, a lap car or something like that that's that's a lot of times when this bottom of four thing happens uh, the 23 is leading at this point. Um, at lap 54, Ryan's up to 16 and at lap 58, we get a caution. Um, the 16, uh, has an issue there causing the stack up. Um, <laughs> so he has a stack up three shoots shoots him up into, into the 17 and the 14. I think Ryan is caught in a sandwich on this too. Cause he gets, this is where the front, um, uh, uh deflector uh gets some damage that they end up fixing later on um it it was a pretty hard hit for being in the middle of it he was lucky he didn't get squirted into the into the actual accident itself
1: it was and i don't know if this is one of those examples of the durability of the new car but ryan definitely which he didn't think he got into it that hard with the front end because he really did take a shot from the rear but i mean they're taking shots you know bump drafting all race long anyway and i think they already kind of have the the car prepared for that so um, this was the, you mentioned the, the problem with Reddick earlier. This was kind of the second ECR engine problem here too. And they did confirm it later on that both Redick and Hemrick ended up having the same issue with the engine. So basically Hemrick was going through that, that, you know, turn there, lost power and mm-hmm. that's kind of what stacked everybody up so that was engine number two to go and i think they had possibly one more that will go later on you'll talk about in this race but i think i texted mm-hmm. you it's like yep the all the all those ecr guys are, are sweating right now because yeah. you just don't know what's going to happen
0: so uh end the end of stage one there 23 wins the stage ryan's in 14th so we don't uh we don't see stage points but uh, like i said here at, at the super speedway it's hard sometimes to get get yourself in a position um they're looking at the, the front grill for damage. Um, uh, they say, Jonathan says it looks, still looks pretty good. So um, they come in and they leave uh, leave on the jack after it's full of gas. So at this point, uh, Jonathan will tell them when they're full of fuel. And that's the way these pit stops are going to be the rest of the day. It's, you know, maybe two tires, but definitely we're working on fuel mileage to make sure we get to the next, next pit stop with everybody else. Because that's the other thing you can take, five gallons of fuel but if everybody takes six and they go two laps further than you, you you're going to be toast you know so uh you got to make sure you're pitting with all the guys you're going to pit with uh, as the day goes on
1: and fuel does come into play at the end of the race too for at mm-hmm. least one team
0: yeah um so he went in 14th he comes out 10th um the 18 has an issue with the gas can and the tv uh mike joy first says that it's ryan's gas can and then they they show they show the uh interstate batteries uh fire suit picking it up and grabbing yeah you realize realized you realize it was kyle's
1: um yeah i'd have mentioned i'd kind of walked away from the television and i heard the, him say that and i was like you got to be kidding me um uh, but it actually wasn't going to be that bad i mean when, when you think about what the penalty is when it's you know there this was under caution if this was a, a gas can and that flew off during green it would have been a lot of uh a lot of problems there but you can make that back up but yeah i was gonna say and then i was just gonna mention too i know the strategies are weird and they're really they're only taking two tires and stuff but the pit crew was still you know pretty good gaining spots all day long
0: yeah uh, they do the 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 last uh stop of the race the money stop is uh pretty good um the restarts at lap 65 um the five leads and ryan is in that low lane with them uh by lap 66, uh, they're both lanes are equal still. Uh, Ryan's up to 12th here. Um, by lap 78, he gets himself to 11th, and the 43 is leading in that low lane. Um, he's following the 22 at this point, who, who he says is too loose to push. So uh, Joey's having issues in uh, being pushed. He's he's not too happy um, with the, how, how loose the car is. Um, at lap 80, the low lane is moving forward. Ryan's up to 7th. And at uh, lap 81, we get a caution for the 44 car. Ryan's up to eight. Um,
1: I think that was engine number three, though. I know that team's a little yeah underfunded and such. But, yeah, I think that was a, the third engine to let go from that motor program.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, 8, 16, 44, all, all with the engine issues. Um, they pit uh, here, and they go in eighth. And uh, I don't know where they have to come out here. I think they come out sixth or fifth. Um, they did fuel only and they did four seconds of fuel. So, uh, Jonathan is, you know, knows how much fuel they need to get to the end of the stage. And that's all they, they, they did there was just enough to get to the end of the stage. And then of course he tells them when he gets on the track, take care of your fuel here, (laughs) which is, you know, that just goes without saying, but you know, they say it anyway. Um, the restarts at lap 85 with the 22 pushing, um, the 24 is leading at this point, And then we get a caution for the 78 spinning out with a loose wheel right after that pit stop. So we're still having guys who are having issues, putting that lug nut on, not tight enough.
1: Another man. four week vacation for, you know, I know for a team like that, man, it has to be killer. And I'm not sure if they're renting pit crew members or not. So maybe it doesn't matter as much, but you're losing the tire changer, the Jack man and the, the crew chief so just rough stuff i mean i I don't know especially if you're a team like that just get just get it tight i mean you're if you're the 78 you're really not you're not battling for a win back there just make sure just get the the basics done right so you don't one damage your car and two lose you know members when you don't really have that many personnel in the first place
0: yeah you know i don't remember um all the names and what teams but a couple teams swapped out tire changers this past week um they went from uh one team to another. And I don't mean within a team. I mean, uh, like somebody went from Penske to like track house and vice versa. So there were some things like, you know, I'm just making it up there. I'm not sure exactly who it was, but there were a couple, couple moves made behind the scenes there. So some people are liking the way things are done by other guys and they're picking them up and people are getting shipped out too. Um, right now the top five is the 24, the nine, the five, the 19 and the 12. So Ryan's right there with all the, all the names you'd want him to be with at any race um they restarted lap 89 and this is when the 22 gets wrecked in the high lane and um the 23 was pushing the 22 uh, but we got the 19 leading the high lane and they did a great job of showing this on tv because it, you know and joey uh commented um also after he got out of the care center that it was just one of those super speedway things he kind of got squirted basically the the, the 19 Dragged the brake a little bit to try and get his lane stacked up behind him the second car i think believe behind him like believe was the 43 at that point joey yeah. being the third joey was the third car of the 22 and then the 23 come up and hit joey and usually joey is really good with car control and can handle these things but he just kind of got not lined up correctly with the car in front of him and he just got squirted out of there and um it's unfortunate because it caused a little bit of melee and caused some cars behind him in a wreck. Also. Um, I ended up with uh, that. Well, the two, the 22, the 99, the 21, the 47, the 38, the 42 and the 41 all end up being involved. Some have more damage than others, but uh, there's a couple Fords in there, which really does suck as the day goes on. Yeah. Because you lose that strength later on.
1: You mentioned uh, a little bit earlier in your report there too, that Joey or Ryan had mentioned that Joey was too loose to push Mm -hmm. And they showed this also really good on TV too. There was a point um, and I'm not sure if I'm talking to earlier or not when Chastain kind of split the field uh, after he was serving a penalty and the six car was trying to get into the the free pass position and the six car was just pushing Joey about as hard as he possibly could. And Joey was car was just squirrel, you know, shaking all over the place. And Joey actually bailed out at mm-hmm. that point. And it, it just kind of reminded you of Daytona where the six car took out a few different people with some aggressive bump drafting yeah. uh, at, at that race. So. Um, I don't know, again, if that had anything to play with this. I think I know Bubba was the car that was behind Joey. And, you know, it's, it's essentially kind of outside of the 19 uh, dragging the brake and such as blame for the, the accident. But it could have been anybody, I'm sure, behind the 22 at this point. Because on the restart, everybody's trying to push to get the, mm-hmm. as we talked about earlier, to try to get the line going.
0: Yeah, the the as we find out, um, the top eight guys in, in, on a restart are the guys who can battle for the for the lead within the first lap or two like you said, those first two, you know, are going to push hard, but the next two behind them, if they get lined up properly, they might be able to make a move too. So uh, those top eight positions are usually the the key spots on a restart. Um, Pit roads open. Of course, we're staying out. Uh, Restart lap 98. um, He's in six at this point with the 23 pushing him. Uh, Let's see here. Lap 100, the 24 and the 19 are swapping the lead a little bit back and forth. At uh, lap 102, uh, there are 22 cars in that lead pack and the low lane is pulling ahead there. Ryan's up to 10th. Um, at lap 105, we get a caution for the 51 and Ryan's in 10th at this point. Um, and this is where they come in and they work on taping up the nose. And uh, I believe they work on the splitter here too because they did not really, you know, they had a chance to look at it. And, you know, okay, track position, yeah, track position, but it's still early enough in the race. Let's fix this thing. And there was a speed issue. Um, as we find out that this actually, there was, was bringing it down a little bit speed wise. And this fix, um, of that splitter was very important to getting that speed back
1: yeah and I saw the chatter going into the stop where they said they're talking about adding tape, and tape is weird in this next gen era now where you could basically only add tape over I think like the brake ducts. you don't add it over the grill anymore, and then they cut to pit road, and I see three or four crew members on the front, and I you know made a joke uh, in our our discord chat, you know I'm like, man, that must be a real big roll of tape that they're working on <laughs> down there, and then eventually we see that yeah they they're actually going back to work on the splitter. Um, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of funny to see that going into the stop, all I kind of heard was about, maybe we're going to put some tape on the grill and then it made me a little bit nervous when you see a bunch of crew members working on the front of the car, but it turns out to be the, the right move, the right call to make and, um, give up the track position to make sure you have everything buttoned up to run to the finish.
0: Yeah. There's only 25 cars on the lead lap at this point, And, um, you know, it was scrubbing some speed, uh, having that damage. So, um, yeah. When they come we go back to the restart, Ryan's actually in 20th for the restart at lap 110. Um uh, by lap one fourteen, they've kind of went single file and he's back in 18th. And at this point, you know, unless they get near the end of the stage, you really can't do much. Um, and they do they get to the end of the stage, 24 wins the stage, and Ryan ends up 14th. So he got a couple spots um in those last couple laps. But like I said, until they get real racy at the end of the stage, it's hard to come from that far back. Um you could peek your head out, try and get a high lane going, but unless it's the right three or four guys, nobody's really going to make that move. Um, uh, the call for this pit stop coming up is Body Armor, <laughs> which, which is great. He's got different names for the different calls, the different things, and they I'm sure they all mean some different things, which is cool. Um, you really don't know what it is until they come in and do it, but uh, they come in uh, 14th and come out 4th so they basically went fuel only there um
1: i think they need to start it needs to be body armor and then start start naming off flavors yes, like yes body armor golden fruit, berry body yes. armor fruit punch Fruit punch. <laughs> <laughs> punch. Like, like just, i think that's that's where where they go into adding in some tire pressures or something else going on in there mm-hmm. there, there you go there you go jonathan that's our idea start adding yeah. flavors into the lingo <laughs>
0: there they were uh you know basically it was four seconds of fuel is all it was he he, you know counted off a couple seconds there and then they went on the jack um of course he says of course he says take care of gas for me but they know this last stage is going to be you know one pit stop in the middle somewhere um and uh, of course, Ryan says it's gonna be hard to do from the second row, you know, because once you're up near the front, um, your throttle, you're into the throttle a lot more than if you're riding 10th and following a bunch of guys. So uh the restarts at lap 125. Um they push the 18 to the lead. So Ryan actually does the push in there. Lap 127, he's in second, leading the high lane with the 23 pushing. Now, this, like you said, this is the one time in the race, the high lane actually brings it. And the 23 and, and the 12 were great together all day long when they could get it together.
1: They were great. And honestly, Ryan's push of the 18 was just, when you talk about Ryan having skills on super speedways, like that was probably the most solid push of the day that I saw. Like Ryan just got behind there on the restart behind uh, Kyle and they just rocketed to the front. And yeah, he did get the 18, the lead, but yeah, then he kind of backs up again and gets to work with his His buddy there in the 23 car and they they do some some drafting together too but it's just really really impressive to see and i was thinking to myself i'm like that's showing the other cars around them that if ryan's up front at the end of the race that they want to be lined up with him because he can do it and ryan obviously has you know uh sent multiple people to daytona 500 victories and and other victories with his pushing abilities and luckily he's been able to get a few wins of his own
0: yeah um at uh so you know, lap 130, the 12 car takes the lead. And this is the fun, fun part of the race for us because we just sit back and we'll watch. They can go to commercial, it doesn't matter. They got a single file thing going. Uh, first 15 cars, single file. Uh, as a matter of fact, everybody decides it's time to follow uh, somebody who knows what he's doing out there. You um, mentioned
1: earlier, this happens all the time in these races. I said, you know, Ryan eventually gets out front and then it seems like he'll just lead for a, several, you know, dozens of laps. In this case, it was more than 20 and it's like you said maybe that's what it is they have somebody out front that they know they can't really mess with yet i mean they do make a move eventually but it's later on and uh, they kind of just log some laps here and yeah. uh, kind of turns this last stage into a really really long green flag run
0: mm-hmm. they get uh, like i said lap 140 there's 24 cars single file at this point you know and that's i think that's when the wife says let it rain you know but uh we Can't be that lucky. Uh lap 146, they're talking about the five car lagging to make a Hendrick run. So um because they know green flag pitting is coming, um, some of these cars start to move around a little bit. They get they break up the single file line, they try to figure out, you know, maybe about making some moves. And uh at uh lap uh 151, the 2023 20, actually makes a move to take the lead. He, he heads outside, he gets the right push. Uh, Ryan ends up pushing the 43 to the lead a lap later. So the 43 ends up leading with Ryan second behind him in the low lane there. Um, and this is when they start talking about when they're going to do their pitting. Uh, and lap 158 is when they, when the, when they come in now, there's six or seven Fords that I could count to come in at this point. Um, two or three of them didn't, they came in later on. Uh, of course, two or three of them were out with the crash uh, earlier that, that they didn't make it. Um, the strategy works if all of them are out there together, because if they all come out together, all get in line together and run their, run their train, uh, they might stay out a little longer before somebody else catches them. But truthfully green flag cycle ends up being the next two, three laps is just another group and another group and another group. And they kind of get gathered back up, but they took two tires. And when you watch them, on pit road they're the first ford down pit road uh keselowski comes dive bombing underneath them too fast entering which hurts um, it hurts the yeah. ford that
1: group as a whole loses a whole the car. car
0: they lost a car out of their train the next lap he has to come in and, and do a pass through um but ryan leads the all off of pit road too so that tells you about how good his pit stop was uh they only did two tires and of course fuel um the next like i said the next two laps we get the other cars pitting we get a Bunch of Chevys with uh, uh, the 23 and the 11 mixed in there, and then after that, the next lap we get uh, the rest of the Toyotas, and there's a Chevy or two mixed in there. Um, but lap 163, uh, the 11 is leading, and Ryan is in 13th at this point, and 19 cars are single file, so they all kind of come back together. Um, Ryan loses a little bit of that track position they had. Just, I don't know, we're, we're not sure what, with all the different pit strategies and the way they went and the way people hit pit road and how organized they got coming off of pit road. It just, luckily it meshed back together. That's one thing. So, Cause sometimes if it works out wrong, you could end up, uh, you know, in a two or three car pack way off. You yeah.
1: And Brian was a little frustrated. He kind of saw who came down pit road with them and he kind of knew that, like he had mentioned, you know, we're not going to be able to, to get anywhere with four or five cars and mm-hmm. Luckily, like you said, they did the two lines, got single file, and they can usually get back together pretty quickly. But he had lost, you know, 10 positions or so at that point from where he had been running prior to the pit stop. So a little bit unfortunate, but could have been a lot worse in this situation.
0: Now, lap uh, 168, um, Josh tells him that 23 cars ready to go. And what, what they're doing is they're in single file and everybody's getting antsy. There's 20 laps to go and who's going to make a move and who's going to start to, you know, but it's still a little early to do it at this point, I believe, you know, um, Jonathan lets them know that we're good on fuel at this point too. So, uh, they made sure they had enough fuel in the car on the pit stop and they were saved enough while they were out there that they should be okay. Even if there's a green, white checker, um, At lap one seventy, the five passes the eleven. Ryan is in eleventh at this point, and he's actually the top Ford, you know, in eleventh. You know, that tells you what happened with, with some of the Ford strategies there at that point. But like I said, there's still uh, eighteen laps to go at this point. So, um, lap one seventy-five, Ryan goes high, and the nine actually goes with him, Um, and they get a little tandem going together too, where they it. He's pushing the nine, and like I said, they're about eighth place, uh, seventh or eighth place at this point. And like I said, if you're in that first or second row, uh, it's a pretty good deal. Um, lap uh, 178, they're in the 12th in the high lane, lap 181, they're up to 10th in that high lane. And at lap 183, um, I got the 45 car here causing an issue. And he I don't know what it is. He ended up being three wide by himself, um, just kind of like doing some sort of squirrely move and it caused everybody to check up around him and it totally killed the momentum for, for Ryan and, and uh, the run they were trying to make.
1: One yeah. of those situations where it could have been a genius move if the 45 goes on to win the race, but yeah, he kind of just dive bombed down across the track, made it, took everybody three wide. And this is, yeah, this is the unfortunate part because it just messes up the energy of all the lines really and uh yeah ryan is, is sent to the back of this pack and um you could tell it just kind of looked like he was frustrated in general with what had just happened because you know he had made the right moves worked his way back up to the front was kind of sitting and waiting you know for the last couple laps to make a move and then somebody else kind of make made which kurt's an experienced driver so like i said if it works out if he dives to the bottom or whatever and gets the right push and gets to the Mm -hmm. front like i said looks like a total genius but it it didn't pay off and uh it unfortunately cost ryan a lot of track position and um it just seems like for the next lap or two he kind of just rides back there
0: yeah i mean he's 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 he's, he's, uh second seventeenth at that point, and they're yep. trying to find a trying to find a run. He's trying to get to twenty three lined up behind him, um, but once you're back that far, you know it's hard to get momentum together. Even though the guys at the front are going to start jockeying around for position, um, you you know you're only going to get a lap or two to to make up that that ground, and it's hard to do in a lap or two. Um, the uh the, the one car is uh, wins this race, and the way he wins is quite interesting because they're saying that he's behind the five car. And the five car decides he's got to try and block some sort of high lane thing. And while he does that, the one car just holds stays right. <laughs> yeah, He just holds it down the low lane. He gets the right push, gets pushed to the lead. And uh, then we get your uh, typical melee, you know, a couple hundred yards from the start finish line. Um, and the five car <laughs> goes way, right. He hits the 45 who then hits the, the 23 knocking both of them out. Um, Ryan, navigates through all this stuff and goes from 17th to 11th. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, like I said, Chastain does a good job of just holding his line. You know, it doesn't even move. I'm on the bottom. If something hits me, it hits me at this point. Um, you know, uh, you know, to go, uh, to go back to what happened with, um, with Kurt and Ryan, there, what Ryan was saying, one of the things Ryan said after the race was maybe next time I'll just wreck him. In other words, Uh, he avoided making a mess with four or five to go by avoiding whatever it was Kurt was doing. So the wildness of Kurt, you know, did cause guys to check up because those guys were worried about trying to finish the race. Whereas maybe next time out, we'll just go ahead and dump the guy, which is a horrible thing to, to say, but, um, you know, those wild moves, uh, with four or five to go are a lot different than a wild move, uh, down the down the final straightaway, you know, I, I have no problem with what Kyle Larson tried to do. A hundred yards from the you know start finish line, he's trying to block this guy and block that guy and maybe maybe get to the end. You know, he ended up finishing fourth, so it did work for him somewhat. You know,
1: you feel bad for Eric Jones, um, who was leading. You you know he was leading the race at that point, but got a huge push and sent way out ahead of everybody into mm-hmm. the turn. And you're just like, well, basically he has no chance and he went to block high instead of low. And you mentioned, you know, the low line having so much momentum this entire race. So he's probably still, you know, to this, you know, a couple of days later, probably still kicking himself for not just hanging and holding down the low line and just hoping that yeah. he could win the drag race at the end. So, um, yeah, but I think he saw Larson moving around in the back, everything. And like, uh, Chastain, I mean, I, I'm not sure what it is with the, the one team this year, but coming into this race, they obviously had the win at Coda multiple top fives um so it's not really even a fluke they've he has found his way to run into the top five at the most at the end of most of these races and in this case held her straight got the push that he needed and ended up in victory lane and i'm not sure anybody necessarily had on their bingo card that (laughs) ross chastain would be a two-time winner this year um or track house having two wins in general but ryan ended up you know, rebounding. He got shuffled. All you said, all the way back to seventeenth. I knew maybe with the melee at the end, it seemed like he was being a little bit patient, trying to find somebody to to make a run with. But I think it just seemed like he wanted to sit back and see what he can navigate his way through. And he pretty much had to. And he actually got—I'm not sure who it was, but somebody else did spin out um, in uh, from the inside lane. And Ryan picked up like a bonus spot too, <laughs> coming to the line. So mm-hmm. ended up finishing eleventh instead of which I think would have been twelfth without that card you know, spinning away. So not too bad. Like I said, we just wanted that one more position. I might feel a little bit better. Um, I don't want to say I was down after this race. I mean, I was like, I guess I was a little bit disappointed. The There was still a lot of excitement and energy at the stage breaks. And um, I thought it was really cool that the last stage got to play itself out under green, even though the Fords kind of seemed like, I mean, I can't totally say they dropped the ball. They were down in numbers a little bit, but it just seemed like they weren't as organized going into that last stop and maybe you know they would have been in control of the race instead of the the chevys and some of the toyotas that were up there um feel bad for twenty three eleven, kind of losing two cars in the end after the, the the move larson made but as you said um sometimes you kind of have to do that going down to the end i think in last week's podcast we had said we hoped that this wouldn't be another super speedway race that ended with a crash coming to the line but it just it happens every single time because someone's at least it was somebody trying to go for a win Mm -hmm. um it wasn't somebody middle of the pack which that happens often too that -hmm. just takes everybody out when they're running for 14th or something so it wasn't a huge wreck at the end but there was still there's still you know four or five cars i think the 24 got caught up in it too so um, all in all, I can't even say it was a great points day. Uh, no stage, no stage points for the 12 team. Uh, but they do, um, in the series have still have the second highest number of stage points. And that's also what has kept Ryan second in the overall point standings. He has lost ground this week to, um, uh, chase Elliott. I think he's now about 20 plus points back of Elliott. I think he went into the race three points again, that only matters once Ryan gets his win, cause then he'll kind of vault up in the playoff standings right now. He still holds down the 10th position in the playoff standings. When you factor in the wins, it's actually kind of good that we have two, two time winners this year. Cause that's kind of just kept Ryan up. If in the event that, I mean, I don't foresee this happening, but in the event we have to rely on points to get into the playoffs. He can, as long as other people keep winning multiple races, mm-hmm. um, he still stays up there a little bit higher in points. So um, but the win has to be coming again like you said they they led 20 plus laps today uh, i'd like to I enjoy i think this was either twitter or discord someone pointing out that um that there is still sort of a streak that ryan has still led a lap at every single track on pavement uh or af- asphalt this year mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean the only race he failed to lead a lap at was the bristol dirt race so there's still some sort of some sort of a, 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 lap leading streak for Ryan. And, uh, hopefully that continues this week.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, expectations are so high now. Um,
1: three wins last year, right? I mean, it, yeah, it, it just set know, the bar way high after all those one win seasons.
0: And, and the fact that he's picked up how to, uh, you know, how to control this car so quickly. Yeah. Um, some, some guys are still learning, um, and, uh, you know, so any, every given, every week is a, an opportunity or a chance, you know, everybody believes they can win every single week right now. And, and that's, I think that's where the, where that little bit of depression sets in after the race. It's like, especially after you lead some laps and has yeah. led laps, you know, he led how many laps this year, you know? So you're always like, man, if this, or if that, and if this, and if that, but it's coming, uh, you know, this week is another opportunity, so. That's, that's the way you got to look at it. Each week's a new opportunity. You got to sit back and enjoy, and hopefully uh, we'll see that spectacular end that we need to see.
1: Why don't we go ahead and talk about this week's race as the NASCAR Cup Series heads north for the Duramax Drydeen 400 this Sunday, May 1st at Dover Motor Speedway. Keep in mind that it does have a new name after it was acquired over the offseason. So what it was, Dover International prior to this right or it was dover down several years ago yeah. um people will be happy to know it's still nicknamed the monster mile they still have miles the monster up there um that's probably been the most exciting thing about dover in the last couple of years outside of maybe the, the racing itself uh but again yeah the duramax Dryden 400 this sunday may 1st dover motor speedway you can catch the race at 3 p.m eastern time on fs1 and then on the radio with mrn and sirius xm nascar radio uh, or practice is going to happen. So back to a practice this week, um, split into group A's and B Saturday, you can catch that 10 30 AM to 11:05, And then at 11:05 Eastern time, they have qualifying uh single vehicle, two laps, two rounds, and a lot of unknowns, I think going into this race.
0: Yeah, this, um, you know, it, it's starting to become all about your qualifying and your track position as the race goes, because, um, if they've got the same, same gearing rule that they had at Martinsville, you may see the same type of thing where guys downshift coming into the turns and then, you know, upshift coming out. Um, you know, every restart is an opportunity to make some positions, but once they get spread out, if it gets like that again, that's all you're going to see is, uh, you know, the only guys that get moved or or for position or guys who make mistakes in shifting, you know? So, uh, you know, we're going to have to see what happens with that, you know, especially on a concrete surface like this, where there's not going to be a lot of uh, grip in different areas, uh, or tire wear. If the tire wear is uh, there's no fall off on tire wear. Same thing is going to happen. What's happened now with, the, with these guys too, with this new car is they've gotten a lot better at driving it. How many times in the last couple of weeks have you seen a lot of spin outs, whether in practice or during the race that first couple of weeks, we saw it all the time. We saw guys spinning out in practice, second lap into practice. We saw guys spinning out right in the middle of the race. Um, We're not seeing that now. Uh, They're getting better at controlling the, you know, and dealing with this uh, type of steering, you know, that uh, they never had to deal with before. So it kind of scares me that it could end up being just all about your track position, your restarts, uh, you know, of course, your pit stops are always important, no matter what type of race it is. Um, but you know, if they're going to do the, the, you know, if you, if you notice in the first practice where guys are shifting and downshifting, uh, yeah, it's going to be the same type of thing that Martinsville, even though it's a different type of track, even though it's a bigger track, even though there's high banks, um, you know, that downshifting type thing, it was really helps them with braking, And then that upshift, you know, really helps them with drive off. So hopefully it doesn't get like that, but I have a feeling it's going to.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go into the weekend optimistic, but yeah, the shifting thing drives me crazy. Um, They got to figure something out through simulation. This isn't the teams. This is NASCAR (laughs) to stop the teams from it because I feel like Martinsville could have been a good race. If these guys weren't focused on shifting, going in and out of every turn, you have no time to even think about where you're at on the track, setting up runs, setting up passes. And um, Dover is, at least, you know, it seems to be like such a momentum track. You know, coming the the high banks, the way that you go. So, I mean, I guess you can get you get used to shifting. It's a mile instead of a half mile, so I know it's a little bit more frantic to shift at Martinsville. But I just want that eliminated completely. That you shouldn't be shifting on, on tracks like that. Leave it to you know, make it unique that you shift at Pocono or something like that, at the road courses. But I mean, I just want these guys to be able to go out there in these new cars. Uh, on the high banking, which I'm hoping will at least be more conducive to good racing compared to the flat surfaces that they had at Martinsville or Phoenix, where the race was a little bit more lackluster. So I'm hoping that the banking, this is the first race, uh, if, you know, we're on a, they're on a fully concrete track this season. Technically there was concrete under the dirt at Bristol, but that's not going to count. So um, we'll see what, with the surface is any different, you know, totally different tires this year, a lot wider. So I have no idea how, what effect that's going to have running on a concrete surface. I'm hoping that between the tires, the surface, the banking, we're going to see a much better Dover race that we have in the past. And I'm at least going to go in glass half full this weekend. And, um, and I hope so. I want to see Dover back to being a really good race. Um, one of my favorite races to run on any of the old NASCAR video games and stuff. It just seemed like a lot of fun. And, um, I don't know. I just want to see good racing at some of these shorter tracks. And I'm hoping when we get back to places like Martinsville and uh, when we, they run Bristol in the fall on the concrete that we get good racing on the shorter tracks again. And it's not, because it it was amazing to see great racing at, you know, a place like California and Vegas and some of these other, you know, intermediate tracks. We always were just thinking outside of Richmond and it was guaranteed that we're going to have good racing on the shorter tracks. And that hasn't panned out so far this year outside of maybe Bristol, but they also, chucked a bunch of dirt on that one to make that race interesting. So, um, Again, if you want to catch this race, the Duramax Dryden 400 this Sunday, May 1st at Dover Motor Speedway, 3 p.m. Eastern time on FS1 on the radio, MRN, Sirius XM NASCAR radio. Just a quick mention of what Ryan's stats are. He's made 11 starts at Dover. Keep in mind, they used to go here twice a year up until 2020, and then they lost a date to Nashville Super Speedway. Um, Ryan actually did lead 37 laps in the fall race of 2020. Um hasn't really had a lot of recent success. He actually his first start out there at Dover finished 8th um and that kind of is, is tied with one other 8th place finish in 2018. Last three races there 14th, 12th and 12th. So not terrible. Um I'd be okay with you know I don't know. I, I, I won't be okay with anything outside the top 10. <laughs> I could live with 12th or 13th or something. If, you know, we get top five stage points in the first two stages or something, but I'm hoping that much like he did at, you know, Richmond and some other places, he kind of bests his career averages here within this new cup car.
0: I'm optimistic about how they unload uh, from what we've seen all the, all, all this year. And, you know, the couple polls that he's had, they unload fast, and that's the one thing I'm optimistic about. Is they're gonna, you know, they should unload fast. Ryan is really good at at at, uh, at practice right now. The, the at getting the car the way they want it, and then when they run that qualifying lap, uh, he's on it. And that's the one thing that's the most optimistic thing for me because if they do all those other things that I was being pessimistic about, um, at least they're gonna be up front. <laughs> and you know, if you're somewhere in that top five. Uh, you can make something happen as the day goes on so hopefully it doesn't have to come from further back you know Uh, that that's what makes it hard you've seen guys in the last couple weeks uh, different different types of tracks where they get uh, they have a problem and they end up back further in the pack and it's not as easy to work your way up through anymore even if you're the faster car which you know it used to be well if i'm one of the top five cars i'll be up in the top five sooner or later so hopefully that's that's what we see again we see them unload fast have a good practice get that qualifying in and be in that top five top 10 at the worst you know
1: so that's everything you need to know about this weekend's race at dover but before we head out of here i want to take one more look back at the race at talladega in this case that's when it comes to the team blaney nascar fantasy live league i know steve uh for my team and your team I ended up finishing very similar in the rankings as far as points earned at Talladega go. And I thought my team on paper going into the weekend, even though I usually kind of make it a little bit more of a wild card for super speedway races, the way the race was playing out, the way qualifying and everything played out looked like I was going to be sitting pretty. So my starters, Ty Dillon, who ran really well in the race at points, Christopher Bell sat on the pole, William Byron, he led laps, Um, ended up finishing actually fairly well. Eric Jones was leading with a lap to go in this one. um, I thought I was going to, you know, I still ended up with a pretty big point stay from him, but he didn't win. Tyler Reddick, I thought he was going to bounce back, honestly, from what happened at Bristol Dirt, and I thought he was going to win this race. I had Reddick in there, uh, did not work out, only got one point from him because, you know, he was the first car out with that engine issue. I had Ryan in the garage, and quite honestly, I could have brought him out, Um, but I didn't want to risk it. I didn't want to bring him out after the end of that second stage and have him get caught up in a crash and then basically waste a start on him. And for the most part, it's ended up being a smart move, I think overall, but so that didn't, my team overall didn't really work out that well. William Byron and uh, Eric Jones did get me, you know, 37 and 39 points respectively, on my featured matchups, I picked Redick over Briscoe. Both of them had bad days, 39th and 37th, and I still ended up wrong with that one. Um, I picked Bubba Wallace over Hamlin. That ended up correct just by one position. I selected Keselowski over Logano. That actually ended up being correct. And I picked Ryan over Chase. And unfortunately, that one didn't come through for me. So who did you have in your starting lineup for this race at Talladega?
0: Well, I went ahead and I took Ryan. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna use him pretty much until I lose lose him, I guess. But uh Brad, I had Brad, I had Kurt Bush, I had Denny Hamlin, I had Bubba Wallace. Um so uh Kyle Larson took out some of my guys right because I had Kurt and I had Bubba and they f- finished 16th and 17th, and it could have been top top 10 for both of them. Um I had Joey in the garage, which uh, you know I you know and that's okay. Um, same thing with the selections, it did not go well there. I think I had one of them right, I had Briscoe over Riddick, which was you know right, but uh, I had the wrong side of the next three. Um, so yeah, not a very good points day, just didn't have the right guys. You know, I thought for sure gazlowski was going to be a lot more, but he made his own mistakes, it didn't yep. even deal with his driving. Uh, you know, during the race itself, it was coming to pit road twice, you know, yeah. so
1: he ended up not because of the, the last stage going green. He never had a chance to get that lap back. So he was essentially a non-factor at the end of that race, which I'm sure was killing him because this is one of the places where he thought he could get it done to try to get his way into the playoff somehow, even though he'd still be kind of handicapped with those point things. So yeah, ended up being a awful points day for your team and my team. But why don't we talk about 10 folks here uh, at least that had really good points days and there's a couple of you know standard names that are in this top 10 but it's definitely some new ones so let's go back for the team blaney nascar fantasy live league to the top 10 and points earned from the race at talladega super speedway in first we have Sox a 65 with 220 points second semper blaney 200 points third bud king 189 points fourth davy cog 184 fifth bill cunningham 181 six moose hunter 1960 with 172 our friend stelinarius nicole uh in the seventh position with 169 in eighth we have Glitterbugs, who was a a standout last year with 167 in ninth we have bleniacal with 166 i think that's a return for them to the top 10 and also tied for ninth we had baldy boy again 166 and that pretty much wraps it up. So uh, a lot of new names in there, but some, like I said, standard names that end up finishing toward the top. And we got to scroll way down for us. Um, you finished in the 60th position, tied for 60th with 125 points. I finished in the lone or a single position of 62nd, 124 points. So you bested me by a, a single point. Um, but overall, we did not have a great day, but there are at least some folks there that did let's take a look now at the overall league standings for the team blaney nascar fantasy live league holding down the first position for another week is bulldog 0277 with 1,948 points second math mom 4 1,889 third moose hunter 1960 1,877 fourth the defending champion clyde's chicken pit racing 1,861 Fifth, Frygow 12, 1858. Sixth, Eric D15, 1847. Seventh, Blaney Kicks Beep, 1836. Eighth, Supermod, 1833. Ninth, The Dalai Lama 4 with 1818. And rounding out the top 10 is Pocono Lady, 1813. So that's the top 10 in the overall standings. You're holding down the 22nd position with 1,748 points. And I've lost some ground here back into the 40s. The 40th position for my team, 1,646 points. Um, I am about three or 400 points out of the lead. I'm not sure that that's going to be <laughs> possible for me to get back into this thing. But um, hopefully everybody that has joined us again, yeah, we have about... Um, a little over 90 players that are active in the league every week, which has been really cool to see this season. And uh, so there's still a couple of spots available. You can still jump into the league anytime if you want to go to NASCAR Fantasy Live and, and create an entry and search for Team Blaney. You can still join us. You can still possibly get a mention if you finish top 10 in the, the standings for that, pre, that week's race anybody i mean i don't know this is like i said a little bit of unknowns going into dover but is there anybody that you're looking to to start i mean the only one that comes to mind is someone that's created some controversy with his um contract status over the weekend is kyle bush it kind of seems like a weekend that kyle bush can can go to dover and uh win a race after making headlines this past week for essentially saying that you know if, if gibbs doesn't get a sponsor together he's fine walking away which i think was more hyperbole than anything but um i don't know i'm looking at somebody like kyle bush i don't want to say alex bowman because he's already got (laughs) some wins this week but he's another person that can show up there but again new car new tires new surface for this season anybody else stand out for you
0: yeah the name i was going to go with was bowman actually uh bowman's one of those guys that's really good here the hendrick cars as a whole they're really good here um track house is showing that they're actually the, you know, one of the top teams now. So, you know, Daniel runs out front, uh, you, you know,
1: he's got an Xfinity series win at Dover
0: at Dover. So yeah, you've got guys who know what, how to operate there. Um, I can't see, you know, the, the Penske guys being too far off. I mean, it just, it's, like I said, it's its all going to be up to qualifying. I really think I think qualifying, getting a good pit position. Uh, that's the other thing about Dover is that the pit stalls are a little bit smaller there. It's a little tighter pit road, getting on and off pit road is tough. Um, so this is one of those weeks where you have to do everything right, even if you are up front. So, you know, we're just, hopefully everybody's consistent all day long and uh, there's no reason the 12 team can't, can't get another top five, some laps and be there at the end.
1: That sounds good to me. And we're looking forward to it as a head to again to dover motor speedway for this weekend's race but i think that wraps it up for us for this episode of the team blaney podcast we want to thank you once again everyone for tuning in for this episode if you'd like to learn more about myself or co-host steve please check out our debut episode from last year our very first season that dives deep into our blaney fandom you can interact with us on twitter and facebook at team blaney and on instagram at team.blaney and finally we encourage you truly to support the Ryan Blaney family foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's association and UPM sports medicine and their fund, a fellow program. You can find out more about the foundation online at Ryan Blaney family foundation.org or on all their active social media channels. One thing that Steve and I are very excited for is this upcoming drive for F O R E driving for good event. That the family, Ryan Blaney Family Foundation is going to be holding at the Top Golf University Charlotte or Top Golf Charlotte University. That's coming up May 24th. And if you go ahead and check out the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation social media accounts, or if you go to drivingforgood.planningpod.com, that's driving, F O R E, the golf term for good.planningpod.com, you can find out more information on how you can participate in this event that is, like we said, at a Top Golf facility which is kind of like a driving range Um, they're going to have a hole-in-one contest there's giveaways there's prizes Um, there's different levels of way that you can participate from um, buying a team or they're still looking for single players to make up some teams in this event and um, one other cool thing that that you'll see at the event is this idea of a Blaney wall of fame Um, if you donate Uh, what was it 20 or $25 you can get your name on the on the wall itself if you donate 50 or more you get your name up on the wall in this plaque Um, and then Ryan is actually going to sign that and get it back to you for Mm -hmm. your donation so that's a really really cool opportunity one to kind of get a keepsake and to to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation and I think a lot of fun is going to be had by all that attend this event
0: yeah, be careful. Um, you know, As we get closer to it, keep an eye out because they're going to announce um, the items that are going to be in the silent auction too. There will be a silent auction that will be held uh, there and online um, uh, the day of. So uh, they haven't announced yet what types of items are going to be there. I think they're still collecting some things from people. I'm sure there's going to be some autographed items. Uh, they keep taking pictures every weekend of Ryan's gloves um with the with the foundation uh, logo on the on those gloves so i'd you know i'd love to see something like that of course on there um so keep an keep an eye out uh, because even if you're at home that day that night uh you might be able to go online and uh and bid on uh, one of those items too which would be really cool to do
1: and that silent auction is presented by one of our favorites of Ryan's sponsors which is body armor so maybe they'll throw in some some interesting things in there so again if you want to participate in this driving for good top golf fundraising event for the ryan blaney family foundation go to driving for f-o-r-e If you
0: haven't yet done so uh make sure that you uh vote for britney if you haven't b- voted for britney zamora yet uh you go to the uh, nashville uh, website there and um she's right at the top of the page there and you can vote for her to drive in that SRX vent later this year. Well, it's actually what going to be in June, in July, in July, that one's in July. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, if you haven't done so yet, get out there and vote. Uh, They haven't given any update on the voting, but she was leading the voting as of last Wednesday. So, um, if you haven't done so yet, tell a friend, uh, if you have get somebody out there to, to throw another vote up there for Brittany, let's get her into the race. Um, uh, they, I saw some SRX stuff online today. They were doing, uh, photo shoots and stuff like that. of Some of the guys that, uh, race full-time in the series and, uh, it's getting to be, uh, closer and closer by, by the week.
1: Yeah, it's getting closer. I can't imagine. You know, we had Brittany along with uh, Josh Williams on the on the podcast a few weeks ago. So go back and listen to that episode, and you can learn a little bit more about Brittany, who's an up and coming pro late model driver, and also the significant other uh, significant other of Ryan Blaney spotter, Josh Williams, who we've had on the show multiple times. Really, just trying to get her. She's involved in this fan vote for the SRX event that's happening in July at Nashville Fairground Speedway. So as Steve said, if you go to the Nashville Fairground Speedway website, you can click on the srx vote and britney's one of the first ones up on there if you select her scroll down put in some information and vote for britney let's try to get her into that race everybody only gets one vote so as steve said tell a friend and uh, let's see if we can get somebody that has you know a blaney connection into an srx race and don't forget again that srx is visiting the blaney family's home racetrack in ohio at sharon speedway in hartford ohio uh that's kind of billed as a, another one of those father-son duels where ryan and dad dave are both going to be in the in the field for that srx race coming up also in july and it's the finale uh, for that series so it's going to be really really cool to see what happens with that But for now, and for my co-host, Steve Mez, I'm Adam Rogers. We'll catch you next time right here on the Team Blamey Podcast.
0: Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. Thanks, everybody, for coming. Hope you enjoyed it.